0: This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino.
1: Hello, everyone. Great to have you along for this edition of Where Parents Talk. I'm Leanne Castellino. When you think of manners, the words etiquette, behavior, and politeness may come to mind. For our guest today, manners represent all of that and so much more. She is a writer, an educator, and a speaker. Brooke Romney is also a best-selling author and a mother of four boys. Her latest book is called 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens. Brooke joins us today from Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Brooke, what inspired you to want to write this book?
2: Well, the first book was 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens, and the impetus for that was as my kids were growing older and my first one became a teen, I was doing a lot of observing um, of him, of his friends. I was at the middle school often working with people in youth and church groups, and I was noticing that there was a bit of a disconnect in what parents were hoping their teens knew and understood and what teens were practicing in the regular world. And as I was watching this, I saw that there were two groups of teens, one group that had a lot of emotional intelligence, social intelligence. They understood they just were the people that kind of got it, or maybe their parents were very intentional in teaching it, one or the other. And I watched as they went on a positive trajectory. People liked them. They were included. Uh, Adults leaned on them. They used them as positive examples. And I watched as their life became very successful through the years. And then I watched the other group that struggled with that a lot more. So maybe they just didn't get it. Uh, Maybe they had some neurodiversity. Maybe their parents didn't understand. And it was, they were coming from a background where that was more difficult to know and teach. And I watched as their life kind of did the opposite. They became less connected. They had less opportunity. Um, Because of that, their self-esteem was lower. And then they put themselves in situations that weren't ideal. And in my mind, I thought there has to be a way for us to be able to simply teach these things that are so small and doable, but really create success in kids' lives. And that's kind of where it started, just really having that desire for all teens to have the opportunity to feel successful in small ways.
1: That is quite profound in terms of your motivation. So how did you go from there to distilling it down to 52 manners?
2: Well, what I started doing was I started noticing the small things and then I started sharing those on my Instagram, just little things that I had, I observed. So for instance, one was be a good passenger. I was giving a lot of rides to teenagers and some would get in my car and say, hi, Mrs. Romney, how you doing? And, you know, have a small conversation with me. They would always say thank you when they left the car. And I noticed my own feeling was I really enjoy that child. I'm happy to give that child a ride. There were other kids that got in my car, went right to their phone, didn't say a word, barely said anything before they left the car. And I had a different feeling toward them. And so I shared on my Instagram, you know, one of the things we could remind our teens to do is to be a good passenger. And these are some of the things that would help. And my audience got really excited about that reminder. And they said, well, I thought I had taught my child that, but I don't know if I did. I don't know if they're doing that in the real world. Thanks for that very concrete example and way to teach. And so I started throwing, um, they said, will you please share more? So it's, it's one of those things that when you're looking for something, you can often find it. And because I became so attuned to some of the social and relational and emotional things that teens weren't quite getting, I started seeing them often. And then I had parents sharing things that were going on in their lives with me. And I started sharing those once a week. And that's how the idea started. And then I really, I have four boys and they can be a tough sell. And I knew that if this was going to get into their bones, right, if they were going to really feel this, if if I was really going to help them make a change, I had to create the right format, something that was easy, quick, digestible, something that felt relevant, and something that they could be reminded of and either learn from their parents or learn on their own.
1: So the format is something that you clearly spend time on, because this is not a typical book format. Can you take us through how you landed on that format for this book?
2: I would love to. So it is, um, I just from being a parent, I knew that I read a lot of really great things. and, And there were lots of great ideas out there, but it was really difficult for me to put them into practice. And so I knew that I needed to Find a way that parents could easily. Parents are busy; they're pulled in so many directions. It needed to be easy for parents to do if they, if I wanted them to make it a habit in their home. So it's a little stand-up book. It comes with its own easel, and um, then there's a manner on the front. And this one actually is "Be a Good Passenger." And so I knew it had to be quick and snappy. Something that would give families common language when they were noticing something or reminding their child, so they could say, "Hey, remember, be a good passenger." And it was common language and um then i wanted to share what that looked like i it's really important that we don't just say be a good passenger but we can show our children what that looks like and then on the back i knew there had to be a why i have kids who have to know why it matters and i knew there had to be a why and so by creating this format it was really important to me that parents had an easy way to distill this information to their kids um that it could be a good conversation topic starter sometimes Families don't know what to talk about. You have this in the middle of your dinner table and you can just go through it. I also knew from my own experience that some kids aren't interested in connecting and learning from their parents during those teenage years. So it was really important to me that this also offered an opportunity for kids who would prefer to learn on their own to do that. So there are a lot of families who just set it out and their teens can take it in on their own terms. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but for those who are especially prickly, they can just take a look take it in. And one of my favorite stories is a mom who was sure her son would not like this book. And he made it very clear that he did not like it. And he thought it was ridiculous. And then one night she went into his room and he was reading it all by himself. Because I think our teens really do want to know how they can be successful.
1: So on that note, uh, modern manners, what exactly do you mean by that term?
2: I love that you asked this question because Manners can sometimes be in, especially teenagers' minds, or sometimes even in parents' minds, things of the past, things that are no longer relevant. And I wanted to make it very clear that these were things that mattered today. They were things that would help your kids be successful, help them create relationships. So I focus less on which fork to use and more on how to create connection. Sometimes that is through a physical manner. There's one about um, being a good house guest asking people about their shoe policy, not laying your face on their decorative pillows, asking permission before you take food from the kitchen. Um, That's a very physical manner that might be a little more old school. But what it does is it creates really positive experiences for these kids who go into people's homes and are very polite. They get invited back. So really, the start is a physical manner, but the result is increased relationships
1: it's interesting because on several levels it's like you were conducting a social experiment while also writing this book you've got your four sons at home their friends the people you're observing in the world around you and in your community so did you see any changes in your own sons as a result of all of this after the book came out
2: we have actually seen really powerful changes in our own home more than anything, them intentionally living with better manners and noticing the benefits of it. So um, one of the manners in the first book is to acknowledge adults. And my second son was taking a girl on a date for the first time. And because of that manner and things he had learned in our home, he knew to go to the door, he knew to give attention to this girl's parents, have a short conversation with them, Um, let them know when she was going to be back. And after the date, this girl called my son and said, my parent absolutely loved you. And he said, wow, the bar is kind of low. Like that is just a basic way to interact with people. And so he said, don't other people who take you out do that? And she said, no, you're the first one that's even come to the door. And it was a really good reminder for him that these manners are important for him to feel good about who he is and the way he exists. But also, there's a really great benefit in the way other people feel about you.
1: It's a great example because it might not be top of mind for many parents, but the impact, as you just described it, is tangible.
2: It really is. um, There's been so many other great examples. One of the manners in the first book is find new friends, And it basically says, if you are with a group of friends who consistently because everyone has friends who do not nice things every once in a while, but who consistently leave you out, put you down or make you feel like you don't belong, it's time to find new friends. And then it goes on to say, this might be a difficult thing, you might be alone for a little bit. But at the end, you're going to reap the benefits of putting in the effort to find new friends. And I had a mom who recognized me in a store one day and said, that matter changed her son's life they had talked about it as a family and he's a big 16 year old boy and he came to her room later that night and in tears and he said I need to find new friends my friends are horrible to me and they make me feel like I don't belong and I feel horrible about myself every time I'm with them and she said it took him all summer but by the next year he had this great group of friends and so she just stopped me to just give me a hug and say This changed my son's life because it opened up a conversation in our house. And there's been so many other really great stories about kids who feel empowered to live their best life because of a small conversation or even something they read. Um, In one of the books, there's a manner that says, be aware. And it says, you know, pay attention to your friends. If if they seem off, if there's something that doesn't seem right, if they're talking about death, let someone know you're... A teenager shouldn't have to deal with that all on their own. And because that manner was up in their house, a mom just messaged me and said, her daughter noticed something in her friend, called her friend's mom and said, I'm worried about my friend. And this mom got her daughter into counseling. And she felt empowered because she knew that she didn't have to do it alone. She didn't have to keep a secret. She didn't have to be the one that was her sole mental support. She could reach out and ask other adults that love this girl for help too. It's been really incredible and encouraging to see the way this helps teenagers feel like they have a little bit more control of their life now, but also their success in the future.
1: Is there any feedback that you've received that's really struck you with respect to the three versions of the book that are now out since the first one was published in 2021?
2: Yes. Um, one, they're one excellent benefit that I wasn't planning on, is how much this has helped a neuro, the neurodiverse community. I had a mom who whose daughter has autism and she's high functioning, but she struggles a lot with social and emotional skills. And this daughter was invited to go on a weekend away with a friend. And the mom took the time to open the book up and go through every manner that made a lot of sense for her to be a good guest. And when this girl got back, the the family that she was with the mom called to let this mom know of this girl who sometimes struggles with social and emotional things that she was the absolute best best vacation guest they've ever had that she pitched in which is one of the manners that she included the younger siblings that she um was kind and helpful that she was respectful of their property it was so fun and this girl felt so excited and i've heard from so many people in the neurodiverse community that They just needed something clear. So their kids knew do's and don'ts. Um, The other thing that has been really exciting for me is that oftentimes when parents are correcting their kids, it creates a little bit of division. The kids get defensive. The parents don't know what to say. And and it feels a little attacking. And then it sometimes can hurt the relationship. But these are things that really need to be taught. And so you don't want to not teach something because you don't want somebody to be offended or mad. But what this does is it gets parents in front of the problem. So these don't feel personal. They feel like things that everyone's dealing with. When you open the manner that says the way you smell matters, you're not telling your child that he stinks. You're saying every person needs to make sure they shower and they wear deodorant and they are cognizant of their breath. Those are just things everyone has to do. And so it feels really empowering instead of hurtful.
1: As always, we invite you to watch the full video interview with Brooke along with each of our guests from today's show. You can watch that at whereparentstalk.com. Straight ahead, strategies for parents to encourage manners in the home and countering the noise in society with mindful manners. More with Brooke Romney in a moment. Stay with us.
0: Want to learn more about the show? email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino.
1: Welcome back. This is Where Parents Talk. I'm Leanne Castellino, and our guest is Brooke Romney mother of four boys, educator, and author of 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens. Brooke, the timing of your book is certainly interesting. It came out a year into the pandemic in 2021. What else were you seeing in terms of behavior prior to your book coming out, that is during the pandemic, that may have influenced the content in the book?
2: Absolutely one of the things that I thought a lot about and saw a lot of is our teens often had their eyes down and their headphones in. And as parents, we took for granted that they were observing the world around them. When I was a, when I was a kid and when I was a teenager, there was nothing else for me to do, but watch my parents interact with people. Not only that, but because our life was generally mostly in person, we went to the bank, we went to the grocery store, we went to the mall, there were a lot of social interactions for me to observe. And our kids were not getting that opportunity to observe. And then we expected them when they did enter the real world that they would just know how to do it. And I feel like that was an unfair assumption as parents to think that our kids just got it. Because there's a lot that they have to learn through observation. And if they're not going to observe, then it's really important that we teach it deliberately. So I saw so much of that from the kids who spent a lot of time online, interacting online, only texting, and not quite sure what to do when they ended up in a room full of people and felt awkward or alone or like they didn't know how to have a conversation in person. And I really wanted to give them the tools to be able to feel successful in the real world.
1: Many would argue that traditional manners, you know, table etiquette, holding the door for somebody, um, our are, are thing of the past, uh, what is your reaction to that? And do any of those manners factor in at all into your books?
2: There are a few that of the traditional manners that are in there. And I think that I would agree that some are a bit obsolete or less important. Um, but I think a lot of them just set people just a little bit apart. So one of them that is in there is um, have restaurant manners. And that goes a little bit to the table manners, but also into the, to the way that we interact. We don't sit on our phones and wait for a server to get our attention. We give our attention. One of those is know how your meat is cooked. I find that sometimes when a teenager goes to a restaurant for their first time, let's say to prom, it's very embarrassing when they've never thought about how they want their steak cooked because their mom just makes their food for them or they've never had the opportunity to order something like that. Um, The other one, I do have hold doors open Um, and this is not gender specific. I think it's kind to be able to be aware and to observe that when someone looks like their hands are full, when someone's pushing a stroller, um, when someone's in a wheelchair, or sometimes just to be kind and show that you're noticing others, you just hold the door open. The other day I held the door open for someone at the gym and she was pleasantly surprised and just said, thanks, that was really nice because I think it's something that is a bit of a lost art but that people really do appreciate. And what I noticed is it offered an opportunity for us to connect. She looked me in the eyes, she smiled, she said, thank you. And that was an interaction I wouldn't have had. And I think our teens need as many personal, positive interactions as possible. So we can kind of offset COVID, living online, and maybe some negative interactions that they're having. Um, It was important to me that, As teenagers started doing these small things, what they were going to see is that people started appreciating them. They started noticing the good in them. And because of that, they would be able to notice the good in themselves. Even if they're not the star of the football team or a straight A student, they have great character. And I think that's what can get people through some of those really difficult times when nothing seems to be going your way is to look back and say, but I'm someone who pitches in and I'm a good friend. And I reply and I know how to decline an invitation kindly. And I'm someone who, you know, is willing to ask a question or advocate for myself in school that builds you up when sometimes the world takes you down in other ways.
1: Well, and that leads to my next question, which really is about the world we live in today and all the noise that really uh, counters what you're, um, you know, conveying in your books in terms of, you know, uncivil behavior. Um, rudeness, those kinds of things, distracted behavior. How do you go about countering that?
2: I think this is one of the reasons why publishing these books was so important to me is because I don't truly know of a better way to do it than in small bite-sized steps every week that our kids can work on and practice. I think a lot of what they hear is that it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter if you're aware that you, you just do you. And, and while that is a fun thing to think about, it doesn't serve them well. It serves them so much better to, to be aware, to be kind, to have social intelligence, to work on making connections, um, to be someone who's trustworthy. There's one about working honestly. And I think as they put these things into practice, they're going to find that especially, especially in the world we live in, they are going to rise so quickly because there will be something so different about them than others. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal not too long ago about a group of people who had been hired into one of the big 5 accounting firms, which is a really prestigious job to get right out of college. And they were finding that these really bright superstars in in academics didn't know how to have a conversation. They didn't know how to interact with a client. They didn't know what was appropriate to say to their boss. They didn't know Um, how to reply in a timely manner to a request that they were given. And as I was reading that, I thought there's so much more to life than being the top of your class. You can really set yourself apart with some of these intangibles because there's so many people who aren't doing them.
1: Now, in your home, you've got four sons, as you mentioned, ranging in age from 21 down to 11. And I'm curious as to You know, the impact uh, in the last two years since your book came out um, in light of the updates as well uh, to the book and the different editions, what have you seen in terms of each of those boys learning about manners, not just from each other, but from the book that their mother wrote?
2: Well, you're never a hero in your own home, I would say, (laughs) (laughs) but it has been really fun for me to watch them either putting them into practice or saying, mom, we know this, we've got it. You've already shared this with us. One of the things that's been especially interesting is we've been working through the teen books in my home and my youngest is a little on the younger end. There's a five-year gap. So we just started the kids book with him as soon as it came out. And what I have found is I was really good about teaching a lot of these teenage issues to him but he was younger and some of these manners in the kids book are new to him for example we said um one of them is about not not asking for food but waiting for it to be offered when you're at a friend's house um and he's like oh i ask for food every time i go to my friend's <laughs> house <laughs> and so we were able to engage in that conversation about why that's not polite and what we can do to make sure that you're not hungry the next time you go. So, you know, we take granola bars for everyone instead, or we make sure he's eaten or he brings a water bottle. So he's not being annoying about needing something all the time. So it's been really interesting to see that he has a lot of these teen manners down, but we are really glad that we're starting over with the kids manners because he needs those just as much.
1: We are speaking to Brooke Romney, educator, mom of four, and author of 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens. I'm Leanne Castellino, and this is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. What could you offer to parents who will listen to and watch this interview about tips and strategies in their own homes, let's say for people who may not have your book yet, who perhaps have neglected some of the things you describe in terms of even, you know, role modeling manners on a regular basis. What can you offer parents in terms of um, support and tips?
2: Well, one of the things that I think is so important in any type of parenting is that it's never too late. It's never too late to start creating the environment in your home that you would like to have. And even, you know, my example with the the kids manners where I really did think I was teaching good things. And apparently I missed out on a lot of things with my youngest that I should have been teaching and to be able to just laugh with each other and to be able to say, wow, I can't believe I never taught you that. It doesn't always have to be so serious. So being able to bring things up and joke around, and I love being able to say, you know what, I'm not great at that manner. I wrote this book and there are manners when I flip to them, I'm reminded that I am not doing that very well. I love being able to call my kids out when I see them doing one of the manners really well. It's really fun to have a lot of positive encouragement. It's also fun to be able to say, have you ever seen this when that wasn't working or when it didn't work well? Um, Being able to get their input so that it doesn't feel like, oh, it's a manners lesson but it's just a way for the whole family to get together and figure out how to be a little kinder, a little more aware. And because of that, a little bit more successful. Um, In my kids book, I added a family challenge just so it didn't feel like it was parents lecturing and telling their kids what they had to do. But the whole family, you know, gets together. There's one that talks about um, not saying unkind thoughts. And the challenge is this week, when you think of something unkind to say, To someone say something kind instead and that is a great exercise for the whole family and they can do it in the home so it's never too late to start creating the family you want but you don't have to have ridiculously lofty expectations that because of these books your children will never do anything that is a mismanner Um, and then to just have fun with it have fun with it learn together and then really notice when good things are happening
1: Is there a specific place in the house that you recommend this book reside, Brooke? If your family
2: likes to converse and connect over the book, I love it at the dinner table. So often we're sitting together and we're asking the same questions. How was school? What did you do? Do you have homework? And this can just kind of elevate the conversation, give you something new to talk about. I love that dinner table for families who maybe aren't going to use it as a discussion piece. Um, on a breakfast bar is great. I know a lot of families who have it in the bathroom because it's where their kids are standing and looking in the mirror and they're going to see that, especially they'll be sure to see that every day. Um, Others have them in their kids' rooms and let their kids just kind of do it on their own for kids who like to be a little more autonomous or independent. And they're seeing really great things. A lot of, a lot of parents say, I thought I would be the one that was flipping the pages, but somehow the pages get flipped more often than I thought we would flip them because my kids are curious about what's come, what comes next, and they're seeing the good things that happen when they practice the manners.
1: Lots of important food for thought. Brooke Romney, writer, educator, author of 52 Modern Manners for Today's Teens. Thank you so much for your time and spending it with us today. Thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. The full video interview with Brooke Romney is available at whereparentstalk.com. You can also find interviews with other leading parenting experts, articles, podcasts, and more there as well. That is our show. Thank you for listening. I'm Leanne Castellino. Hope you'll join us next time.
0: Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 1059 The Region.